It's 107.3 KISS FM, Ricky Smiley Mornings, number one for R&B. It's the king of some media, Mel's on the MIC with a very special guest joining me on the phone line right now, especially on a very timely topic as we get ready to head closer and closer into Mother's Day. I'm on the phone line with Bianca Dickerson-Williams, and she's going to share with us her story about racism in the healthcare system during childbirth, especially amongst black women and brown women. Good afternoon, Ms. Williams. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. No doubt. And I, I I really appreciate you giving us some time to talk about this very important topic uh, uh, involving racism in healthcare, especially when it comes to black mothers, which is something that we've been hearing more and more about uh, going on in our society right now. And for real quick, uh, can you share your story? Because you had you personally have had an experience dealing with this thing firsthand. Yeah. So uh, eight years ago, I went into the hospital at UCLA Hospital here in Los Angeles, where I live with my family. I had to give birth to my second child, and everything had been completely normal, completely healthy. I had never had any uh, complications or issues, and when I arrived at the hospital, they immediately put me under an epidural, and I'd been under the epidural for 10-plus hours, and at that point, the night nurse noticed that the Pitocin valve had been improperly turned on. And within a short window of time, I went from being two centimeters dilated to being fully crowned, and the baby was ready to come out. Uh, At that moment, uh, the doctor was not there. She wanted to proceed uh, with the birth. And once she arrived, I was instructed to put my legs into Western-style birthing position, which is the legs flexed out and bent at the knee. Mm -hmm. Given the under the epidural, I was completely numb from the waist down. And um, when she instructed me to get my legs up, I informed her, hey, I have no feeling or sensation from the waist down. So she told the the nurse to get my uh, legs into position, and the nurse did. And when I went to push the second time, the nurse inadvertently looked away. And when she looked away, she dropped my leg. I did not feel anything. Therefore, it didn't mean anything to me at the time. But Uh, I would later learn over the period of three years that I had sustained uh, really catastrophic permanent nerve damage uh, in my lower extremities, and uh, it impacted my spinal cord uh, as well. And the reason why uh, I've been going around and sharing my story with everyone is that I think that within the Black community, uh, very often sometimes we're afraid to go to the doctor, and then when we do go to the doctor, uh, there are so many stereotypes and preconceived notions about us that kind of come out, and that's what I'm hoping to share with you all today. I'm on the phone line. If you're just joining us with Bianca Dickerson Williams, uh, she's out of the Los Angeles area, and she's sharing her story about a, a dire situation in the black community, especially among black women, uh, because according to the Department of Health and the Center for uh, the CDC, statistics about black women and infants are as follows: In the U.S., black women are three times more likely to die from a pregnancy-related cause than white women, and the U.S. also has the highest maternal uh, mortality rate amongst developed countries, which is crazy because all this talk about health care and how we take care of our people and all and these bills and all this other stuff and yet black women are three or four more times more likely to die from pregnancy complications i think that's a i'm glad you went there because i think that that is a part of the misconception Mm -hmm. and i think the misconception is well this happens to black women and the reason why this is happening to black women is because they don't take proper care of themselves or they're overweight or they're diabetic 
or they don't have good health care insurance, or they live in an impoverished area and they don't have access to a good hospital or a good doctor. And the reality of it is, is that is simply not true. This is happening to educated black women with great insurance that live in great neighborhoods that have access to good health care, good doctors, good hospitals, and it's still happening. And I was one of those people. If you looked at me on paper, this should have never happened to me. I had a Blue Cross Blue Shield PPO. Uh, I was employed and I was doing fine financially. I was in a great neighborhood. UCLA is one of the best hospitals in the country. And my doctors were more than qualified to handle this pregnancy. But something happened that day. And I believe that something was as I sat there in the bed and everyone was observing me on that day. I was just another black girl. And some of the same treatment that many of us probably experienced, um, even with COVID, and the quality of the care that we received, um, our life is valued less. So if someone's life is valued less, that's how you then open the door to uh, negligence by a healthcare professional and what I would call is just blatant racism and implicit biases by healthcare professionals as well. I agree with that uh, because uh, one of the things that that, that uh, people need to know is that you are an attorney. You're an attorney, so uh, it's not like you're you know a poor black woman that's not taking care of her health and her body and stuff like that. The, the normal stereotypes associated with black women, uh, but you're an attorney, and even still. You're well to do, and yet you're still getting treated just about every just about every other black woman are getting treated the same way. Would that be accurate in in, in your assessment? It would be accurate, and I would say that you know, first and foremost, regardless of what kind of health insurance you have, regardless of how old you are, where you live, by law, every hospital, regardless of where it is, regardless of your health insurance, is required to provide you with a level of care and a standard of care. And if that standard of care is breached, you then open the door to litigation. And very often what I found in this experience is doctors don't believe when we tell them that we're in pain. Mm -hmm. They don't listen to us. And there's also this perception that black women can take more pain Mm. than other groups. And there have been a lot of theories in regards to why that is. A lot of it reverts back to slavery And it's all a systemic problem, no different than what we see with uh, police departments and their treatment of African-American men. And it's something that I'm hoping to change. And I started a nonprofit, and the nonprofit is called Fighting Our Injustices for Women of Color. We also did a short documentary on my experience where I really break down uh, the relationship and the comparison to a hospital in the police department, and you can find that on YouTube uh, by typing in Black Moms at Risk or my name, Bianca Dickerson-Williams, as well. But it is, it's rather sad because you think that when you go into a hospital that that's the one place that you will be safe. But in actuality, it's not. And I want to bring this to Black and Brown communities so that when they go in to deliver their children, they're prepared and that they know what to look out for. And quite frankly, I do want them to have a level of fear when they go in. Because when, you, when you're when you operating with a level of fear, you're more cautious, mm-hmm. you're more observed, and you're more in tune with what's happening. And you cannot look for someone else to advocate for you. The unfortunate part of this is nobody is going to advocate for you the way you will advocate for yourself. 
No doubt. And I agree with that. And once again, on the phone line, Bianca Dickerson Williams. She's with Fighting Our Injustices for Women of Color, an uh, organization that is trying to bring awareness to the uh, type of health care issues that are dealing with black women in our community. And uh, one last thing I wanted to find out was about uh, your struggle and, with, uh, and the fight that you have right now is that you've taken this fight to Capitol Hill. Can, can you get the folks some details about that? Sure. So I am a part of a coalition um, out of Washington, D.C., And that coalition is called the Mama's Caucus. And our goal and our objective is to help women of color uh, in their maternal period, to help them when it comes to uh, different rights that they may be entitled to that they're unaware of, such as uh, labor rights. And very often how, you know, after we have a baby, we're required to go back to work in a lot of places, um, six weeks postpartum. And the reality of it is that's just simply not enough time for a lot of women. Their bodies really haven't healed yet. Mm-hmm. So the goal of the caucus is just to help women of color in general with anything that kind of stems around that and going to uh, Congress and speaking before them and meeting with administrators in the Biden administration. This is something that they do care about, and this is something that they do recognize is a massive issue. And they're in the process of trying to get funding uh, with regards to legislation that has been passed. For instance, in California, uh, our governor, Newsom, he passed the Momnibus Act, which is a bill dedicated to helping African-American mothers as well as Native American mothers uh, who have these horrible statistical rates of morbidity and mortality, which is basically being injured during childbirth or actually dying uh, during childbirth, whether that be the mom or the child or both. And in the state of California, uh, we have some of the worst numbers in the entire country. But, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I've read and done extensive research myself, and you, you see that a white woman with a GED will have a better health outcome than a black woman with an advanced degree. And I think that it says a lot. And we're followed by indigenous women. And again, it's very historical. If you look at how this country was built and who the oppressed people were, it's still playing out. But this time it's playing out in the delivery room and with a pregnant woman. And I think that that's the reason why this is so concerning. It's because that's the one time in your life where it's supposed to be a positive experience. It's supposed to be happy. Uh, But I did have one question for you personally real quick. A lot of black mothers have started to turn more towards, and I've seen this, has started to seek out more black doctors to get their care. Is that something that you would recommend or is this something or do you just think that we should just continue to fight to to uh, to get these other doctors to, to I guess act right in a sense? You know what? I am so glad that you asked me that. Okay. Question I, have a, <laughs> I have a very strong opinion about this. Okay. And the reason why I have a strong opinion about this is on my Instagram account which is Flores Dickerson. Uh, we have different information out there to help people and to bring awareness around the topic. Mm -hmm. And a person asked me, they said, hey, you know, I watched your short documentary. I saw the parallel that you gave to the police department and the police system and how the hospital system is is the same, and we just don't realize it. You know, what would you have to say, or, or how does this change when you have a black police officer involved or a black doctor involved? And I would give you my response in a layered format, and here is why. I grew up in a law enforcement family. And when I say grew up, I mean, you know, know, when I was four and five years old, I was watching my father leave the house in a bulletproof vest with guns all over his body. And I learned the system, if you will, and and how they move and how they operate, what they value, what they don't value. 
and one black cop or one black detective or one black FBI agent cannot change the entire systemic issue Mm -hmm. that exists police department. You know, no different than one black man trying to revolutionize the civil rights movement. There were several people fighting in the civil rights rights movement. Right. Now, we may read about a couple of them in our history books, but if we were to actually sit down and go through a real history lesson, there were thousands of people that were in the fight. And you can't just have or think that because I have a black doctor that somehow all of this racial bias is going to go away. It is not. So I would say this. I would say if you can have a black doctor, your odds of having a healthier life are greater. And that has been statistically proven. There is data out there that has confirmed that from the Center of Disease Control, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. So I recommend finding a physician that looks like you, uh, whether they be black, brown, uh, what have you. I would also say this, and this is my last point. I endorse that. Okay, you know what? I'm probably going to have a better experience if I go to a doctor that looks like me. They're going to be more sympathetic, and they're going to understand where I'm coming from, and they're going to have a deeper sympathy for my uh, health problems because we're the same. So I go in, and I find this black doctor, and I have a first visit. The first visit goes uh, well, but by the time I get to the second or third visit, their demeanor has changed, Mm. and they had they had become aware of my lawsuit because I had sued the hospital. And this is what I want to scream to the hills, through the mountains, through the mountaintops, is this. And the police system is no different. A doctor is a doctor first, and their first alliance is to another doctor, regardless of race. No different than a cop. A cop's first alliance is to another cop regardless of race. Now, I know that's a big pill to swallow from some people, but I'm speaking to you from lived experiences and growing up in a law enforcement family. And I'm going to give you a perfect example to highlight that this is not a myth, that this is actually a reality. Uh, A few months ago, we all witnessed on national television five black police officers kicking and beating one black man. Mm -hmm. And he died. And he died. And a lot of the response was, oh, my goodness. These were black men. How could they do that to him? They know how we get treated. In that moment, it was not about being black. It was about being a cop. Mm -hmm. And that's trained. They're trained like the military. You are a cop first, and you're to protect your cop brother at all ends, at all odds, no matter what. It's not until they're in their cafeteria at the police precinct you know, chilling and hanging out, then they start looking at race. But when it's, you know, we're on the job, no, I'm protecting my fellow cop, I'm protecting my fellow doctor. So if you're operating with that, the reality of it is, yes, it is better, in my opinion, to have a doctor that looks more like you. However, don't put all of your eggs in one basket, because at the end of the day, his loyalty will always be to another physician. Thank you for that answer. That is the, probably the best answer to this complex question that I've ever heard. Uh, 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 and also, I think another thing that we need to start alarming our people to is the fact that when it comes to our health and medical things, uh, stop looking at it as strictly a transactional situation. 
I think yeah. I, I think we strictly look at it in terms of this is some sort of business transaction instead of this is your health and this 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 is your emotions and and your life that we're talking about and we and we need to start thinking in those terms so we can be more open and more comfortable with asking those questions that we need to be asking and also being aware of the things and the way that we're being treated. If that makes right. I, if that makes sense, God, I think that's one of the reasons why we see so much racism is the fact that we're as black people are not looking at it from the perspective of this is our health and we need to be more aware of 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 our health and and what we're doing instead we're just looking at it as well that's what the doctor said <laughs> and I'm trying to get out of here you know and, so I, so I, that's why I see a lot of but I I, I really appreciate this fascinating convers- conversation once again Bianca Dickerson Williams her organization is fighting our injustices for women of color and once again Bianca if folks uh, want to be able to see the video on YouTube give them the directions on what uh, what they need to do uh, sure so all you would need to do is go on YouTube and type in Black Moms at Risk and my name Bianca Dickerson Williams and the short documentary will pop up it's about 15 minutes long um, it is given to you in a story format, but it's highly uh, educational and informative. And my hope is that by sharing my story, I can save the life of another black or brown mom. So thank you so much for having me on your show today. I really appreciate it. No, thank you for giving me your time. And real quick, can you get the folks uh, details on how they can follow you on social media just in case they want to reach out? Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram at Flores Dickerson and our website, Fighting Our Injustices for Women of Color, is actually launching uh, the week of May the 15th of this year, 2023. And that will be at fightingourinjustices.com. No doubt. Well, thank you so much, uh, Ms. Wilkerson, for uh, the time. Uh, and thank you so much for your work and everything that you're doing. And uh, and uh, real quick uh, about your kids. Uh, you, you got two kids, to be correct? Yep. I have two daughters, and uh, I'm grateful to God that uh, they seem to be doing well and thriving. My youngest daughter, who was involved in this traumatic experience, she had some medical complications um, early on. But they appear to have, you know, cleared up now. So I'm grateful for that. Well, thank God for that. And we thank you, Ms. Williams, once again for your time. And once again, go check her out and follow her on social media. And you can read more about her story and see the video on our website at 1073kissfmtexas.com and inside the Kiss app and also on the podcast. But thank you so much, Ms. Williams. And I appreciate you. Thank you.